Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Heart. It's October, and you know what that means. Halloween. So excited, just like I'm sure everybody else is. Because if you're in the paranormal, of course, you love Halloween. I have a really, really exciting show tonight. So, But before I introduce my guest, I wanted to remind you that, as always, you can find Paranormal Heart the last Sunday of every month on Podbean. You can also find me Friday nights on Black Swamp Digital Radio, as well as Conflict Radio on YouTube. And I'm still on YouTube, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And again, if if you have paranormal experiences and you're ready to talk about them, drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I would love to hear about your experiences and have you on my show. So, with that being said... My next guest has been searching for pieces to the paranormal puzzle since her first encounter with an angry ghost as a child. That search was set in full motion upon finding a book by Hans Holzer and his desire to help the family and the tormented entity. And her open mind and heartfelt search continues still after 45 years. She believes that all wisdom is not found in one place. She's been collecting theories and information from a Native American background and elders from many spiritual paths helping in an open-minded, heartfelt search for ways to help the ghosts that find her, leading with do no harm and trying to remember ghosts are people too, with all the different personalities that come with being human. So please help me welcome host of Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal Podcast, my swamp sister, Cisco Murdoch. Hey! Hey, how you... Glad to be on. How you doing, sister? I'm doing great, baby. I'm doing great. This is a wonderful week. I mean, the leaves are falling, the wind is blowing, the pumpkins are glowing. Yes. I'm down with the season. <laughs> yeah, the leaves you are know? dropping here in Canada, too. It's getting chilly. Yeah, I've heard about the leaves dropping in Canada. Don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> the happy leaves. In case the listeners haven't heard, um, I'm in Canada, and I think it was a week ago today, actually, that um, Canada has made it legal. Marijuana is now legal across the country. How awesome is that? I mean, that's that's it's history, history in the making. Mm -hmm. And thank God for all the you know the parents that um, you know wanted to get the oil and things like that to help children and you know there's a lot a large fight yep for um there's so many medicinal reasons to take that you know not just recreational and oh no you know wiping out your refrigerator there's a lot of good reasons that's not a bad thing either but you know (laughs) somnia pain you name it i mean there's just this wide and 
just always blew my mind that at one time in the United States, you were, if you were a farmer, you were actually forced to grow. Um, I can't remember how much of your property had to be uh, hemp because they used it in so many things. They used it in, you know, they made clothes out of it. They yep. made all the rope. Paper. All the ship. Yep. Yeah, paper, everything. You were forced to grow it. And then somewhere along the line, you know, to me, it's a lot like, you know, prohibition. It's just, mm. come on. You know, how many people are in jail for something that's so silly? Yep. That's just crazy. It is. But, so good for Canada. Long as <laughs> you wave. <laughs> so we are going to talk about, what are we going to talk about, Cisco? I'm super excited. Yeah. Well, um, how about a ghost story or two? Oh. Would you like, would you be interested in any of those? Oh, yes. Uh, a lot of people I find on my podcast too, and it's really cool because your podcast is very much like mine, where I, I, without meeting you, I did it for the same reasons, which is, I, you know, we I know. Kindred, kindred spirits on this. Yep. Because basically I found myself where I was at the house more. Um, I had to be here. And I just said, you know, there's got to be something I could do to reach out. And I'm listening to all these podcasts. I was doing a few. I've been on Shannon LeGros, Into the Fray. I've been on Zariah Askas, Where Did the Road Go? Um, Steve Stockton and I have been on <coughs> multiple podcasts, Kids Paranormal, a bunch of others. <laughs> and if I forgot anybody, uh, you know, sorry. But just on and off doing it because we've just been in this so long and we're so interested in it and we're just still fascinated by you know uh, the similarities as well as the differences in cases yep. um, and stories and just the whole big question mark of the whole thing and you and I basically started our podcast for the same reason giving people an outlet to tell the true experiences mm -hmm. as close to their memory as they can get yep. so other people can kind of sort of match up Okay, that's what mine did. That was that's that my experience was similar to that. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I heard the crackling and popping, or I saw that manifestation like that too, or you know, whatever the similarity differences might be. Yep. And also give people an outlet to talk about it because when I was young and first in this, I, you know, grew up in that time where you didn't really talk about this. No. You didn't, you know, you you were good luck if you could go to the library or your school library as a kid or your towns or and get a book that had true experiences. Mm -hmm. It was hard. You know, I can remember as late as, um, say, the late 60s going into libraries and being told by the librarian when I asked, she said, there are no true stories. <laughs> yep. You know? Actually, I, I had I had that experience too. Going to the library back in the day when they still had microfish and just stuff yeah. that really interests you, and you know, spooky tales and all that. So I go to the library and I'm I'm looking in the section. And I ask, you know, like you, I asked a librarian. I want real ghost stories, and yeah, I was pretty much told the same thing. Right, and you know, just this last week, I hadn't been in a library in a couple of years, but you know, as you know, when you're interviewing a lot of people and they're authors, I, I, if I tell you I read your book, I read your book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I try I try not to skim too much. I really try to get to the meat of it because I want to ask, you know, the questions or I want to be in the mind of the person I'm going to interview as much as possible. And if all they have is a book to represent themselves, well, by gosh, I'm going to try to, you know, read that. Mm -hmm. And it, 
it gets expensive trying to buy these books, even on Kindle or, you know, I mean, you <laughs> it does do for a month. Sometimes I do six a month and keep one in the kitty just in case, you know. So that's a lot of books. It's a lot of money. So I go to the library and I'm thinking, I'm a dummy. You know, and I just go there and see who's, who's you know, who, who they have that I might be interested. So I go in there and I'm looking and it doesn't dawn on me as I'm looking in this section. And the, it's a huge library. And I'm looking at a section that's maybe got... I don't know, maybe two shelves and everything mixed in together. Yep. It's still the same one. <clears throat> and I went up and I, you know, one of the librarians was helping me. And she, I said, well, look, I'm looking for, you know, <laughs> so 45 years, 50 years later, I'm still asking the same question. <laughs> Where's the truth? Oh, sorry. Yeah. She said, and this is what she says to me. I swear to you, this was the word for word verbatim what she said to me. She said, we don't really split them up between nonfiction and fiction. We kind of all put them together. And I'm like, they're still not willing to put a stamp. And so wow. it's true. And I said, even the historical one, she says, no, that's really, you know, we just keep them all in the same place. You know? So it's like, you know, read them all let God sort them out kind of thing. I don't know. But that's just. It just blows my mind. It really took me back a second, and I thought, gosh, 50 years, we haven't really gotten. In some ways, it's grown. In some ways, it's spread. In some ways, it's really gone almost full circle. Yep. And, and what I mean by that is before, we had very little pictures. We had very little information. You might have had in search of unsolved mysteries, um, you know, the occasional Halloween special. You know, the newscast, that, oh, the haunted house, and everybody <laughs> make fun of it, like, ooh, doo-doo, yep. you know, um, and that hasn't changed much either, but now there's all the shows, and now there's all the equipment, and now there's all of the pictures, and now we can't tell which one's real and what isn't, what's CG, what's oh, fake. I what's, know, it's so yeah. difficult, because yeah. there's an app for that now. Yeah, oh, there's a ton of them, there's yeah. a ton of them, and, and not only that, you know, Kat, if you look at it, uh, you know, I just, what was the movie you watched the other, my, my husband was watching it, uh, Godzilla walking through New York. I mean, it looked real to me. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, a 12-year-old with a decent computer can pretty much kind of come across <laughs> and do the same type of thing, yep. you know? So how do we know? And I know there's professionals out there, and I know there's techs that can, you know, pix, study pixels and study this and kind of give you a good idea that maybe it was messed with, maybe it wasn't. But again, we're still going back to that good old gut feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still going, we're back to that, you know, what do you feel about this, you know? Um, and I, I just think that's, that's amazing to me after all these years, we're still debating, is this really happening? Is it something else? Is it, it, the best one I ever heard, I think it was in the 60s where somebody was trying to explain. I think it was a parapsychologist. And he was sitting there trying to explain. He goes, oh, well, you know, how do we know it's not group, a group hypnosis? Hypno yeah. I'm like, dude, I just saw a full apparition <laughs> come through that wall. You know, knocked the table over, screamed at this one person, you know, and, and went out the back, back window. Everybody saw the same thing. It's yeah. group hypnosis, you know. It's just amazing to me some of the things that go through. So I've had experiences. Um, I can't explain exactly everything that happened or why or categorize it or label it. But 
I can get darn close to what feels right for me. And then we get with all these other people and they're starting to say the same things. Well, then, you know, there's something going on. Yeah. There's something going on. If somebody in Poughkeepsie 20 years ago had something that matches up to mine and we've never spoken before, um, you know, there's a good chance that there's something similar going on there, you know. For sure. That's just, it just makes sense to me. And then you get in with the group of people who are interested in this and another similarity always uh, seems to arise and that's that they had a personal experience and they're trying to understand it. Um, even if it was one uh, or, or, or whether it was a UFO sighting or a cryptid or, you know, any of that or, you know, seeing apparitions or whatever as a child. And the excitement and relief of someone that you encounter yeah. who has had the same experience as you is just amazing. Right. And, you know, there's still so many. Uh, my heart always goes out to those kids. Like, you know, picture mm -hmm. like six cents. Yeah. You know, I see dead people. Yeah. I know people that that's happened to. That happened to me. You know, I would just, you know, la -di -da, walk along and all of a sudden, bam. That's just not fair. Yeah. And if you have no idea what's happening... Do you have any idea how many people, can you fathom even in your mind, how many people have gone to try to speak to somebody about it and they've told them, okay, well, that's schizophrenia, this is this, yeah. take this, take this, take this. I've known a lot of people. I actually sat with a friend who, for 20 years, and he very well may have had some kind of mental um, disability or, or infraction, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, the two are <clears throat> can be totally separate, but... He's sitting there telling me, no, you don't understand. They're giving me these drugs because I keep seeing things all the time and these people keep talking to me. And I said, well, do you see anything now? He says, yes, there's a man in that chair and he keeps pointing at you and he's laughing and pointing at me and he's laughing. I said, well, honey, he actually is there. I see him too. So wow. can you imagine? How the look on his face when, when you said that. Yeah. Oh, he didn't believe me. Really? Said, You're just mess with my head yeah you're just trying to mess with my head oh honey he had been there has been so many uh, i just don't even know how to explain it there's just been so many uh different drugs in his system for so long he was so broken he was barely moving through life and all his and, life it was probably told that you know you're crazy so he and nobody believes him so yeah he's like no he, he's not there you're just you're just you know, messing with my head. Yeah. So he had done a complete, like, almost like a 180 there. See, so if we could have got him younger, where we could have said, okay, go see the doctors, tell them what you're, you know, mm -hmm. but also maybe go see some other people that might know what they're talking about in this case and see if you have any abilities. And maybe that's those two things are separate, you know, um, and, and maybe do with it. I don't know, but you've got to try to offer some kind of help. I mean, even if you think of a teenager that has like some kind of psychokinesis or some kind of ability that way, and it's just pent up energy, mm -hmm. doesn't know what it has no idea she's doing it. And yep. I say she because it's usually a woman, but not always. Uh, yeah. Know, a teenager or whatever. Wonder why that uh, is. I don't know. Hormone? I don't know. I, mm. I really don't know. But it always seems like women over in through centuries have always seemed to have more of that ability, and I don't know. If it was something that they noticed more because of the whole witch scare or because, you know, women are 
are natural healers, usually the mothers or, or you know, the person in the, you know, would be the caring person uh -huh. that would go get tea and make the herbal stuff. I don't know because a lot of times that was mistaken for witchcraft. But it just seems that we have that instinct of um, almost a sixth sense or a gut gut instinct or uh, the ability, you know, like that, you know, mother's intuition kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's undeniable. You know, Some, it really is. Something that I uh, figured out a few years ago, um, I have uh, migraines that I get with, with the weather change. So uh, severe weather change, whether it's extreme heat, extreme cold, thunderstorm, whatever. Uh, when the barometric pressure changes, my head's going to, I'm going to know it. And wow. I've also come across people who have the same, I'm going to call it an ailment, uh, that are very sensitive to the weather, also seem to be very sensitive in some way or another. They can either see spirit, hear them, sense them somehow. And it just mm -hmm. fascinates me. I'd like to find out more. Like there, There is a correlation between um, getting the, we I call them the weather migraines, and being sensitive. Well, it's all energy. Isn't it? <clears throat> yep. If you think about it. It's, you know, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just plain energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything is energy in one form or another. And so, you know, that makes total sense. I mean, I know people who can tell the type of energy that's in an area by how they're feeling as far as where the headache is in their head. Yeah. I'm so grateful I don't get that. Oh, yeah. Um, I get them afterwards sometimes mm -hmm. where you're just like a drain. You know, like I feel like I've been up all night, you know, just partying or something, you know. <laughs> It's like, and we call it a paranormal hangover. Oh, wow. Because that's kind of what it feels like. Yep. You know, you feel like you've been, you know, your body's straight. I find that grounding and things like that really help. I mean, you know, everybody says this word. I mean, that's just it. It's just, everything seems so mysterious because everything is if you don't understand. And I'm certainly no expert. I am no expert in any way. And I've been in this, I'm going to say 47 years now, actively <laughs> seeking answers and data and you know you know what I mean yep and I'm not even close to knowing what the heck's going on so and I'm really paying attention so that I tell you <laughs> you know and you get people on I'm an expert I'm a paranormal expert oh. I know everything there is to know about the paranormal inside out upside down and sideways and I'm like yeah okay I'm just no. fine yeah there are no and, experts but I don't think there is I think you can be in a certain subject you can be knowledgeable knowledgeable about you know uh, evps inside and out or you know or, or or something along those lines but i think it's it's very much like the native american community the wisest people say they don't know anything mm -hmm. you know it's like I've, i'm just beginning to learn and i think you learn more that way but there are things in this cat that i've like i was asked on my podcast I try to. I'm always interested if you're in this and you have communicated with a ghost or spirit or something along those lines. And right now, in this case, we're just talking about ghosts, not, you know, other entities and ancient things and fairies and fae and all the other and elementals mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Just things that used to be human that, for whatever reason, chose to stay or got stuck or crossed over and visitate. And, and that's what I call it. it, it because I know that I've seen so much of ones that have passed over and can come back. Mm 
for whatever reason, yep. for however long, you know, just to visit a spot they like or a person that they're looking after or a message or something along those lines. So I always ask people, what have you learned from the dead about living? What is the number one thing that you've learned? And it makes them think a little bit. And I've gotten multitude of answers. And I guess the one I've heard the most um, in different ways, but it boils down to the same thing, is ba basically stop the regret. Stop being angry. Stop being jealous. Stop being, you know, forgive other people. Let it go. Forgive yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just let it go. Um, and when I hear someone come back from the other side to give a message to someone who's grieving or somebody that's so caught up in like how the loved one passed or I wasn't there, I didn't get there in time or some kind of regret missed on that or mm. I should have said this or I should have said that. And I see the weight lifted off of them when they really know that they've got that message from that loved one. That is so cool. That's amazing. Oh, it's so cool. And I, I mean, I'm no <clears throat> stranger to grief myself. I left my mother when I was 12. Mm -hmm. And that's young. It is. And it was, and it was, you know, I was an old 12. I, you know, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, you're old in so many ways of survival, but you're still young inside. It's almost like you had to grow up. The outside of you had to grow up faster than the inside was ready to. Yeah. You know, when any kids that go through stuff like that, and there's so many that had to, you know, had a sick parent and had to become almost a parent to the other kids or just so many stories like that. But uh, she turned out to be my greatest teacher in life. But then later my most precious teacher in that. That's amazing. And Oh, it is. It is. And I can't tell you how wonderful that's been. And when I had that lifted off of me, I know what it felt like, you know, when I finally knew, okay, she's, she's good to go. Mm -hmm. You know, that's her. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I knew what it would do for other people too. And that I have a small, ability people say okay well you're I, I can t tell you without hesitation I'm a sensitive mm -hmm. I can tell you without hesitation I'm a definitely multi-level empath you know I can feel when the world is crazy right now my, my <laughs> whole body's been going crazy for a while but you know animals um I can feel their fear mm -hmm. you know I'll knock you down to feed a hungry rabbit I, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you I can explain it to you but the rabbit doesn't understand I'm gonna help yeah. it yeah you know I just I can't you know um but uh, I hesitate when I say I'm a medium because for the listeners who don't know, everybody's trying to put things in categories. And they go, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Basically, a medium is, is just like a bridge between you and the other side with your loved one. They couldn't do it without you because they have to connect into your energy and that loved one's energy if they're, if they're wanting, wishing to speak. <laughs> psychic is someone who more, more deals with the living. A psychic medium does both. See what I mean? So there's, I have that to a small ability. So they say, well, you're a medium. I'm like, no, I'm an extra small. <laughs> because I only have it a little bit. It's not like I seek it or use it or anything like that. But I'm telling you, I've been put in spots 
one of the best ones I can tell you to give you if if you're interested in this, I'll absolutely tell you the story. Of course. I'm in an air I'm in an airport. And I can't even remember at this point, I know I was a manager for a large corporation and I was bustling off to somewhere, the old beige, you know, long Colombo coat and the whole thing in my suitcase on the roll around wheels. And I'm trying to make sure I'm in the right spot because I was changing planes. And we're all waiting in line and I and I hear it. I hear that old familiar voice and it's behind me outside my head and to my right side of my ear. And this is a voice I've heard since I was a kid. Sometimes one, most of the time it's a male and every once in a while it's a female voice. And I hear it just like you're standing there. And it says, the lady in the chair, you got to go talk to her. Hmm. I'm like, the lady in what chair? A lot of chairs. In the <laughs> you know, and I'm saying it out loud, so it's much like that ghost whisper where she's standing there talking. To yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like that. But when you're in this, you don't care. You know, you don't care. You're dealing with what you're dealing with. And I hear it again. She, need, she needs this message. You've got to go give this message. And they say the message. And I'm like, I, I got to take, I got to get a plane. I, I, I don't know this woman. You know, I mean, I'm literally doing this. So I'm like, okay, it's important. You need to tell her. Now, I'm not into medium snipers. I'm not into, but what do you do in this case? It's really none of my business, Kat. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why this person needs a message. I have no idea. I know who this is talking to me. It's got to be a guide. It's somebody I'm familiar with. It's a voice I know. So it's not just their loved one, but their loved one is getting this message through one of mine. You know, yeah. I've had it the other way where I have no idea who the voice is. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Why are you talking so, to me? <laughs> Hello? Yes. Wrong number. Wrong number. I look at her and I, and just the sheer being an empath, as soon as I clicked into her energy, she's looking down and she's looking at what seems to be a book of some kind. And I can tell she's very upset. You've got to go give her this message. And I'm looking at the line and I'm looking at my watch and I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Yeah, as gently as possible. Well, I know my guides, and they're not going to give up. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Who am I to decide whether or not she gets this message? Do you see what I mean? It'd be like mm-hmm. the telephone. She doesn't need that phone call. Yeah, I mean, I'm so just an inanimate object here when it comes to this, right? Yeah. So I walk up to her, and she's obviously upset. And I'm like, ma'am, I am so sorry to disturb you right now. I can't remember exactly all I said, but I'm usually very kind and gentle about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know you don't know me. I apologize, but I I feel I need to give you this message. Does this mean anything to you? Please for, And I'm saying, please forgive me. Please yeah. forgive me. So, and she just looks up, and when she looks up at her face, obviously she had been crying. She was very upset. And I said, does this mean anything to you? And I said, I hear you. I am listening. It's okay. And then I repeated it because that's what they did to me. Mm-hmm. They said, repeat it twice. Like, yes, okay. And her whole face just changed. Her body almost went limp. I thought she was going to faint because her body just kind of let go. Yeah. You know? And she just looked up at me and she grabs me by the hand, you know, like my, my, my wrist, my arm. I thought she was, like I said, I thought she was going to faint. She was hanging on. Hmm. And she said, say, say that again. 
and I repeated it. And she said, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I said, uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. She said, no. She <clears throat> said, seconds, seconds before you came and stood in front of me, I was yelling at God because I had asked her son had gone through so much, so much, so much. I believe it was uh, some kind of uh, rehab thing and mm-hmm. then everything was fine. And then he got in a car accident and it was clinging uh, to his life. Yeah. And she's saying, why do you not answer me? Why don't you hear me? Why won't you speak to me? And then I walked up in front of her and said what I said. And when she moved her hand, it was the Bible. Now you wow. me, I don't have the right to give that message to that woman. Yeah. And I got to hold it back and I can't do that. And she said, he hears me. And then I sat down next to her and I said, I understand where you are. It's none of my business, but I got to tell you. The only thing that gets me through, I, I said I was in your position. And I found out her and I had been in the same spot because my mom died. I kind of did that. It's like, why didn't, you know, I bargained with you. I told you, I, you know, little kid promises. And stuff, yeah. And she was gone anyway. And I had learned, it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with her. It was whatever this big picture thing is. And mm-hmm. it's really, you know, that's where faith comes in. I mean, if you believe in a divine source, if you believe in any of that. Um, you know, it's just, it really has nothing to do with, it's just timing. It's, it's journeys, it's patterns, it's choices. It's all a whole bunch of things, but it doesn't mean just because when you, you ask for something and you're told no, doesn't mean that whoever you're asking isn't listening. It's just, it's time, you know, no, you know, or whatever. And we sat there and we talked about it and I said, just, just, just hold yourself together and just get there and just tell him you love him no matter what, you know. Mm. And um, she got on that plane with a little more bounce in her step. So what, what am I supposed to do? Hold back that message. Yeah. See what I mean? It's a hard position to be in. And I'm I not- don't get them the time. It's not like, you know, 24-7 I'm knocking people on the shoulder and going, hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it seems like it happens when it's really needed. Mm-hmm. Um, another one was in a grocery store, and I could feel this woman, I could feel this pain coming coming closer and closer to me. And now I get, like, nervous because I'm like, what's coming? Because you get all those feelings. You know you get feelings, too. Mm-hmm. And it hurts. It hurts. And I'm picking up on this empathically, and, I'm, and now I'm getting depressed. I'm feeling depressed. And it's a wave, so I know it's not me. Mm-hmm. I've gotten used to this. It's coming around, and it's getting closer, it's closer, and I'm like, somebody in, in this grocery store is really bad sick, you know, and, and losing hope is what I was getting. Mm-hmm. Now, that's sad. And I'm just trying to buy vitamins, man. I'm minding my own business. <laughs> I'm looking for some vitamin C, you know, and I'm just standing there. And all of a sudden, here it comes right next to me, and I hear it this time. It was the male voice that I'm used to, and it says, there's a message. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> You've got mail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And then, you know, it's like there's a message. Pay, you know, pay attention. I yeah. mean, the guy who I'm used to is like, just really cool. He's like, listen, 
you know, he's, he's got a hip, you know. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, man. He's like, just pay attention. And here comes his voice I'm not used to. Here comes my love. Here comes my love. The way he said it, it was so much love vibration in his voice. It was so young and earthy and light at the same time. It was just the energy on this guy was amazing to me. You know hmm. what I mean? He, he was just pouring out this true love for this person. And he sounded, gosh, you know, guys, it's hard to tell, you know, late 20s to 50s it could have been. But mm -hmm. he just sounded so young and vibrant when he was speaking. You must tell her don't give up. I want her to keep fighting. She, she, she's not to be with me yet. She hmm. has more time. Tell her don't give up. I want her to live. I want her to laugh. And he's telling me stuff like this. Tell her, tell her, tell her. And I'm like, where is she? <laughs> and all of a sudden, I feel like it getting closer. She, this woman turns around the corner, barely walking kind of with a cane, pushing a buggy at the same time. Mm -hmm. Her head down and just coming... So I'm expecting hearing this young, vibrant voice speaking of his love. I'm expecting to see this beautiful princess come around the corner. And to him, she was. Yep. And now I've got to go up to this woman and give this message. And usually I tell them, give, them, give me something that only they would know, a nickname, yep. something, right away. Because I don't want her to pass it. And that woman hugged me. I said, he wants you to laugh. He wants you to. She said, I, I was giving up. I didn't want to fight anymore. I said, well, he wants you to. Hmm. So what do you do? So, yeah. so don't you think that's, you know, in some ways that is like one of the neatest things that could come out of this is the burden lifted off of a grieving or, or a sad person or. For sure. Uh, that's amazing. So yeah. So if you flip that. Cat, and you think about it the other way and then you've got a ghost in a house or a bar or wherever and it's confused or it, it, erratic you know um, or doesn't understand or mm -hmm. afraid or for whatever million reasons that, that they're either decided to be caught most of the time they self-imprison you know, they're really not stuck. They just think they are, mm -hmm. you know, um, unless they're being held back by something else. And that's another story. But in that case, wouldn't it be wrong to go in and, 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 and not try to help that individual? Yeah. You see what I mean? To me, they're more than just science projects. Yes. If you know what I mean. Yep. Ghost are people, too. Ghost are people, that, too. That kind of explains the whole thing, but it's all kind of inter interwoven together. It's basically human beings helping human beings just in another form and, and a different energy, I guess. And uh, to me, that's just, it's just, it's just wicked cool. No. You know? So if you have that, why wouldn't you do it? Now, I have heard... You mentioned this on a couple of different podcasts uh, about your experiences at Gettysburg and how you've helped um, soldiers cross. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because it's, it's, it's amazing. I loved hearing this. It, it blows my mind 
And first <clears throat> off, I want to say it has absolutely zero to do with me. It's just, like I said before, it, it's it's nothing like, look what I can do. You know, it's, it's, it, it, No, it's none of that. It has nothing to do with me. Yep. It's basically as inanimate as the phone call is there. The phone is there for the phone call. Yep. Okay. So I, the, my first trip to get, I cannot explain it because I was pretty much born and raised in New Jersey. Then I went in the army and I traveled around and then I landed in Alabama, the state of Alabama. So I kind of lived in the South as long as I lived in the North. And I've been around a lot of battlefields and I'm, like I said, empath. So any grounds that ever had a massacre or mm-hmm. a skirmish war on it, I'm going to feel it. Yep. So there's that kind of feeling. There's a heaviness. There's a remembrance. The wind remembers. The rock remembers. The trees, the ground, everything remembers. Mm-hmm. And you pick up on that. And I definitely got heavy laden in certain battlefields, revolutionary wars, you know, civil war. But there was always something about Gettysburg. And I don't know what it is. And I'm a believer in reincarnation myself. I figure, why not? I mean, yep. where, do you, where do you put the stop on this? Yeah. You know? I mean, where do you put, where do you go? Nope, that's out of the question. I just can't do that because I don't know. And I've seen way more information and evidence that I would call evidence for it than against it. If you know what I mean, little mm-hmm. kids with memories and things like that. I know, that's wild. Yeah. Oh, it's wild. So I don't know what this draw to me in Gettysburg is. I don't know if possibly I was there in a past life, whether it be a soldier or a civilian or um, a sweetheart or, you know, who knows, a father of somebody who knows. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I went there. It wasn't long after my mom's death, so it must have been like 12, 12 and a half. And I was with my aunt and uncle and my cousin. And we weren't far from Gettysburg. It's a four-hour trip, I think, from where we were. And we go, and I, you know, I, I like knew more about Gettysburg and the Civil War than most 12-year-old girls should probably know. <laughs> uh, I was always interested in things like that. And I was always interested in more more the effect on soldiers and things. So I must have been a soldier in another life. I must have been. It, it just made sense to me. It does make sense. So, yeah. Well, we went and, oh, I had a lot of memories as a kid to my poor mother, you know. So, I mean, I, it was always something present in my life. Uh, uh, dreaming I was a soldier and and things like that too. Hmm. So, yeah, I know, right? My poor mom. Like, <laughs> mom, I had this whole little dream. I was covered in blood and I was wearing this outfit. It was really cool and had a big yellow. How <laughs> 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 I didn't get locked up as a kid, I don't know. <laughs> so, but it was so vivid and I would give her all these and go, oh, you're watching movies. Stop watching those movies. You know how they used to yeah. do like that? Nope, Wild imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but anyhow, um, so we go to Gettysburg and it was, oh gosh, I had no idea what was happening. Cause I was just feeling so heavy and laden and, you know, I'm walking through things and all of a sudden I get this like sharp pain, like I got shot in the shoulder and I'm like, wow, what was that? You know, I mean, I, and I'm trying to do this all quiet and because I was scared to death to act funky in front of a family I was just put with because, you know, but she's a loony, broke her mm-hmm. back and get what you get us so you keep it all inside. And I mean, I, th- I remember going to this one museum and it's still there because I was just there not long ago. And there's this, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's like a, it's like basically a hole in the floor with an iron gate over it. And then they would throw the prisoners down in the hole. Oh, wow. So, 
No. And then you look down and you could still see them because, you know, they were within arm's reach. And this, they had a mannequin in there, a Confederate uniform, and the face of the mannequin is just kind of like the wax guy or whatever, is just reaching up and like this kind of beckoning hope for help. And I lost it. I lost it. I mean, I just like, I couldn't breathe. And I'm, <gasps> I mean, Jeez. it really got <clears throat> to the point where <clears throat> I left the museum and I, I had to sit outside on the uh, porch while everybody else went through and finished their thing. And I'm crying my eyes. And I'm not a crier. I was not a crier then. I was mm-hmm. tough as neck on a girl, you know. I mean, I just, very stoic. Mm-hmm. And I could stop. And I'm like, what is going on here? Well, luckily, the people I were with said, okay, well, it's her mom. This is affecting her because she just lost her mom. And sorry, mom, but we blamed everything on you. <laughs> so I got through. I skinned through. And it, the whole three days was like that. I'd walk into certain places, and it's like I remembered it. You know, It was just so wild. So that's the only draw I had to Gettysburg. Now, I left, like I said, I went in the Army, and I went all through other things. I went through other Civil War battles a lot in the South. Mm-hmm. And I never got that. I got a little, but not like that. And when I got back, I was very sick, and my son's kind of in their 20s. They said, hey, we're going out there, too. We have a family in New Jersey, so they moved to Jersey. Now, they're going on with their lives and such things, and I think, man, wouldn't it be nice if we could have a day trip? It's just popping into my head. Mm-hmm. Gettysburg. 150th anniversary, you know, the, the three of us can do this before they go off and get married and have kids and all this, you know, and that's harder to do then. And things just kept happening for me to do this. I would see something would pop up in my, my feed, something, you know, and that's all explainable. I look up a lot of ghost stuff, but yep. it was all Gettysburg, 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 Gettysburg. I'd see a commercial on TV and we're not, we're close to Pennsylvania, but not that close. Yeah. You know, it's not like town. And just Gettysburg kept being flashing in my face all the time. Something I'm, I I even got a coupon to a place in my email, and I never signed up for any of that. It was just weird. So I'm thinking, okay, Gettysburg. So we get absolutely we're going. And any time it was said that we weren't going, something would happen to make it easier. The best example of that was I was talking to my son on the phone, and he was a, a, a chef. Mm-hmm. And we were going to be gone Friday and Saturday night, actually Halloween night. And he said the guy that was going to cover him, something happened, he might not be able to get off. And I said, that's okay. Um, we'll go another time. We don't go the weekend after, no big deal. And I go in, get off the phone, get out of my car, go in the drugstore for whatever it was I was going for. And I'm standing in line and a kid screams behind me. And, I, you know, as a mom, you turn around. Mm-hmm. When I turned around, I all these movies off the impulse aisle with my purse and they hit my feet and the kid okay he just wanted like candy and his mom wasn't gonna let him have it i'm like good for you mom you know and i turn yeah. around i look at the go to pick up the stuff guess what was facing up looking at me there's tom berenger <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh jeff daniels who played uh, chamberlain on the cover of gettysburg wow three up there was five there was Five DVDs, two facing down and three up. And I say to myself, okay, it's an, you know, under 50. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you no, know, 
But I said, the other ones are going to be the same too. So I flip it over. Weekend of Bernie's and something else. And I'm like, okay, that's when it, it hit me. I'm like, I- I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. So I basically sat in my car and had talked with my guys. And I'm like, okay, guys, if, if you want me to go, you got to get these boys straightened out. Because I'm, I'm hip. I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's how I handled the whole thing. I, I had no idea where I was supposed to go. I had no idea. We had very little money. I just, like, I set up everything like this, just like a little mission. I knew that you weren't going to be able to get on the battlefield, which is a national battle. You know, it's, it's federal. Mm-hmm. Oh, you weren't going to be able to get on that Halloween night and just walk around. You know, there was going to be more security there than people. They mm-hmm. weren't going to let in and there provoking and doing all kinds of hell night stuff and yep. things like that. So I probably had to get on a tour, and I had to get in a few museums, and I had to get, you know, in a couple you know, a couple places because I didn't know where they wanted me to be. Because again, like I said, I have very little to do with this. If my guides are pushing me to be something, they have something in mind. Yep. I kind of look at it like maybe their people get with my people. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> it's like, guys are, you know, it's been a long time. Maybe they're ready to listen. Yep. This crazy little redhead will do it. <laughs> so, you know, your people speak to my people, said it all up, let her know. Yeah. That's how it feels to me. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but, you know, you got anything better? <laughs> so I go, and I don't know where I'm supposed to go. So the first night, right across, we get to the hotel, and the one I got the coupon for, <clears throat> it happens to be right across the gate as you go into the National Cemetery, where Lincoln did the Gettysburg Address. It's kind of half in that cemetery and half in Green Cemetery. The, the, the stage was across both that are both now anyway, mm-hmm. that's, that's like way cool. So it's about 5.30ish, beautiful place, leaves on the ground, just rustling just right, nobody in the street. Um, there's a lot of ghost uh, hunts there. Gettysburg is to ghost hunts as uh, the French Quarter in New Orleans is to bars. Oh, okay. Down and there is you know, this ghost tour, and you know, Mark, Mark Nesbitt's uh, Candlelight Ghost Tour is there, and then you got Black Cat, and then you got a couple other ones, you know, it's like, pick your, pick your flavor. So those were going, you know, and it was just, you know, it was respectable little groups walking around, stuff like that, but you, there was no parade of Halloween people in the street, nothing. They had celebrated on a different night, very quiet. So I told my sons, I said, here's the itinerary. We have to, you know, we have to walk here by this time. We're going to catch that thing. And then we're going to go over here. We're going to have a drink at the haunted bar. We're going to grab a, you know, we're going to go over here. It was that kind of night planned out. And I handed it to him and I said, I'm going to go over here in the cemetery. And I said, you know, I want to get pay my respects. I feel like I need to go over there. So they went with me and we went to go read. They have a big memorial of Lincoln and, and the Gettysburg Address on, you know, written out on concrete. So it's quite beautiful, very breathtaking, especially standing there. And they were reading that and I finished and I turned around and I looked and behind me was this big pie kind of shape thing. It was a big circle and it was cut into those little triangles like a pie being cut. And I said, I wonder what that is. And I walked over to sit and I read in the middle and it's, basically a monument to unknown soldiers and mm-hmm. it's each war i mean from revolutionary on through up to you know korea and vietnam and i'm like oh man this is you know solemn here you know and i told i told my sons i said y'all go look for that street it's either that one or one of those two where we've got to walk down because we're walking everywhere 
And I said, give me a few minutes here. And they said, okay. And they went outside the gate and they're looking at the streets. And I walk away and I stand in the middle of this thing and I'm just overcome with this. It wasn't, it wasn't a sadness. It wasn't pain. It was more like a feeling of forgotten. Mm. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't really explain that. And it was more than one. And I, at that point, as soon as I clicked in, I was getting more of it. And I said, okay, I don't know what else to do. So I stood in the middle and put my palm, hands out, my palms out. And I just said, I, I don't, I said, I'm sorry if you're earthbound. I cannot hear you, but I can feel you. And I don't know what, just that's my ability. I can't hear them if they're earthbound. I can't explain that. Mm-hmm. But I can feel it. And I said, uh, I don't know what to do to comfort you. And I said, I will tell you that I was a soldier and I remember you. I I stand here and I honor what you each did. And for a grateful country, I thank you. And I said, I don't know what else to do to lessen your pain. And right away in my head, Lord's Prayer popped in. I said, okay. So I say the Lord's Prayer. And it just lifted. The whole energy just lifted. And I said, peace be unto you. I hope you heard me. And I remember you. I will be back. And I didn't feel like they were stuck. It's a different feeling. I I can't explain that. Like maybe they were just visiting a forgotten brother or I don't know. I can't explain it. But I didn't feel like they were stuck there. Maybe they wanted, maybe they're looking for um, recognition, like for someone to remember them. Maybe. But they weren't. They didn't. It's a different energy when when they're they're stuck. To me, it felt more like they were um, almost like a visitation. Like I clicked into their energy, and somebody mm-hmm. was paying attention, and they like, hey, and showed up. But I wasn't getting that the deeper foreboding kind of feeling when they're stuck and they haven't crossed and been back. It's just a different uh, a different heaviness. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I remember you, and I said, I hope you remember me, and I started to walk away. I'm about halfway down the sidewalk and I'm headed toward the gate and I see my sons and I'm thinking, man, this place is going to close soon because they lock everything up. And right when I thought that I felt this hand on the back of my shoulder, like not a weight, not a grab. It was more like a just resting its hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I'm going to turn around and see a guard that's going to tell me, Hey, you got to go. And I'm, and I almost had it out of my mouth, man, I'm on my way out. You know, I turn around, nobody's there. And I went, whoa. And then I got back in the moment a second and I said, I hope that brought you some comfort. I hope you heard me. And I felt like it was almost like a thank you, Mm -hmm. kindness kind of thing. And that's what I was picking up. So I was cool. I wasn't scared. Nothing, you know, I wasn't scared. Anything scary about it. And I turn around. At the same time I turn around, I look and I can see my sons. And all of a sudden, my one son starts moving his foot in like the leaves and he kind of looks like he goes to pick up something and he looks at it and then he looks up at me and then he looks back down and I went, "Uh Oh, because I collect rocks. Yeah. And I thought he was picking up a rock for me and I told him <laughs> everywhere we go, I, I have pockets full of rocks. I said, I don't want anything from this place. Everything nope. belongs to them. Yep. This is totally different. You know, every, they burned every scrap out here, you know? And I thought, oh, man, i got to make them feel bad and, you know, deny the rock gift, you know. 
And that's what I was feeling. And he starts walking towards me with something in his hand. And he's just looking at me. And the closer he got to me, the closer I got to him, I could see just like this questionable look in his face. And I said, well, you know, what you got, Mug? And he just looks at me and he goes, uh, this is for you. And he said it just like that, like questioning. Yeah. He opens up his hand and he drops something in mine and I look at it. And it's a two inch, about two inches long, <laughs> sterling silver crucifix. Wow. But just the cross, no chain, no nothing. Yeah. Just the cross. And I look at it and I look back at him. I go, what do you mean this is for me? And he said, my, I don't know. He said, but something said, look down. And when I picked it up, it said, that's for your mother. In my ear, I said, what side, what side? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He looks at me, he goes like, on my right, on my, you know, what do you mean? And I'm like, never mind. And I'm like, and so it begins. Yeah. But, but he, uh, he, he, I said, oh man, that's beautiful. Thank you. And I said, you're not going to believe this, but I just finished saying the Lord's Prayer. I think they heard me. And I turned around and we both looked back where, I could almost cry saying this, back into the center of that pie of the unknown soldiers. Mm. And a little bit of wind had gathered some leaves and was just spinning in the center. Wow. Like a little, like a little wisp of whatever you want to call those little wind tunnel type things. Dust devil. A little bit. Yeah, just like the leaves were dancing in the center. And I said, wow. thank you. And we left. And I wear it to this day in my medicine bag. It's still around my neck now. And the cool caveat to that, three years later, I go to this psychic development class. And I'm just, you know, grooving with the stuff and everything. And I always forget, still forget my homework. And we were supposed <laughs> to bring in some item of ours or somebody else's in a sealed envelope that she had given us. And not tell anybody what it was and put it on the table. Mm-hmm. So not bringing mine. I'm thinking, oh, man, what do I do? What do I do? And I went, oh, this will be cool. So I take that cross and I put it in the envelope and I seal it and I throw it on the table. And I happen to get my teacher, who she's one of the best mediums I've ever seen. That's saying something. I know a few. And uh, she picks it up and we're all sitting in chairs. And you're supposed to guess whose it is first to sit in the chair. She picks it up, looks at it, looks at me and comes and sits right in front of me. She goes, I feel I'm with you. And I recognize it because I bent the little corner up. Yeah. You know, those little tricks. And she starts telling me, and her face is changing, not changing, but like she's like thinking, you know, and I can tell she's thinking hard about stuff. And she opened her eyes and she looked at me, and then she went back to just, you know, doing her psychometry again on it. And she goes, Nope, that's right. And she just looks at me. She goes, This was a gift from spirit. And I went, No. <laughs> Bang on. How wow. Cool is that? That's yeah. very and cool. She, she saw. A man in uniform, she said, from an older war. And she says, not too old. She says, like, around World War One. And she said, there's another one, and he's dressed totally different, more like Korean or Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I said, you've got to be kidding me. That's you know, I mean, awesome. It's just so bang on cool and so out of this world crazy at the same time. It was just amazing. So that was, like, 5, 6 o'clock at night. Night hadn't even started yet. We go around our little things because, like, again, I'm like, was that where I was supposed to be? I felt like that was cool, but it wasn't it. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And I know that sounds great, but it's <clears throat> so I still don't know where we're supposed to be. So we go through all our movements. So I'm like, nope, this isn't it. You know, beard and haunted bar. That was pretty cool. And I could feel lots of stuff. But there was way too many people in there. There wasn't any kind of, you know what I mean? You could feel things there, but there wasn't anything that would get done. Yep. If you know what I mean. I know what you so mean. The next thing. Go to the next thing, and I'm thinking, no, this isn't it. That made me more sad than anything else because we heard about the soldiers that had been put off to the side because they were wounded and taken out of the battle, and they were laid in this ditch because they could lean up a little. And then all of a sudden, it starts to rain, and the ditch floods, and they're all grounded, wounded, can't move. I'm like, this isn't a good story. No. You know? And we're getting stories like that, and I'm standing there wondering, I know they're standing around us. How do they feel about getting the story told over and over and over? And I'm getting like a little more angry and a little more sad as we go. And I'm like, you know, I'm not digging this. So, and again, nothing I could do at this point because I need to really concentrate. And there's just like too much commotion going on. So I'm like, okay, that wasn't it. So we go to the next thing and that was... um, just the, one of the last turns out to be the last minute thing I stuck on there. We had a little more money and I said, okay, this would be cool. And it was kind of like a little ghost hunt thing. They gave you a little bag with a lot of cool stuff in it. Night vision glasses, dowsing rods. I mean, it was really. That was very I cool. I know EMF meter, huh. um, recording device. You wonder how, how, <laughs> how many people use this today? Yeah. And you know, you mean, you like, you know, but it was still, it was very cool. And, um, I don't know. There was some other stuff in there, too, I thought was kind of neat. Uh, oh, a, temp- a thermometer, temperature meter, a little infrared one. I was like, wow, right? So we're sitting there. We're sitting there on the porch, and we're waiting for the for the guide to come in because the place is locked, and they open it, and then they take you in. They give you all the stuff and whatnot. We don't even know where we're going to go. Do you get to keep the stuff? No, eh? No, you just borrow it. Okay. And uh, Which I think is kind of neat. I mean, yep. it's like, yeah, seven, seven bucks. How cool is this? So, and it was really nice because it was late, late, and it was only myself, my two sons, uh, a doctor and her, her friend, and uh, a young, like, 11-year-old boy and his mom and dad, and the 11-year-old boy was just all up in this, and it was just exciting to see how cool he was because he was <laughs> explaining everything. It was just wonderful to watch, but that was it in the group, which was cool. So we're sitting there, and I'm, I'm just waiting, and all of a sudden, I feel something i'm like okay you know something's ticking and i see this man come walking towards us and he's in the confederate uniform and what i feel is him and his energy he's extremely jaded not angry very kind very very open-hearted man but so work weary and tired and just jaded to this whole situation he doesn't want to be here he doesn't want to do this again and i can't figure out what it is i'm trying to feel it Mm -hmm. as he's getting closer to me i'm picking up on all of this he turned out to be our guide very foreboding i was glad it was our guide because if that had been a full apparition that would have been a banger i was just gonna ask was yeah (laughs) well you didn't know at first because sometimes you see them and they look like that you Mm -hmm. know so it takes you a minute but it was definitely a living energy so he comes in and we move through the motions real quick and he takes us to where we're going to you know, be sitting so we can explain everything. And he's kind of leaning over and he's talking to us and I find out why he's like this. One of the big television shows had just been through there the week before. He didn't approve of what they were doing. They mm. were provoking 
they weren't acting respectful. Uh, it was thing was just kind of just real shitty. Yeah. You know, the way that they were acting. And he never said any names, but I could tell by the way they were described and then I saw, you know, the show was coming up. I yeah. kinda knew. But um he was very upset, you know, by that whole thing because he had been a soldier. He was a soldier in the United States Army for 20-something years. Hmm. Um, he, he respected the history. He respected these men. He respected the, the civilians who went through what they went through. And he just wanted that kind of, you know, and he wasn't getting it, yep. especially a lot lately. So he starts telling us the stories about the past and we lived there and, you know, the history of the building and the area. He's going through all that. And as he's telling us, he's loosening it up a little bit. And then he tells us, okay, so we're going to do this or this. And it's ra- it starts to rain outside. I promise you this happened. This is, blows my mind. It's just, you know, just enough to keep you in, just a trickle. And he looks outside and goes, well, if it doesn't stop raining, you know, we're not going to be able to go out on the battlefields at all. He says, we'll have to do this or this. And I thought, and I actually said, I kind of looked up and said in my head, okay, guys, if you want me outside, you're going to do something about that rain. I was joking. <laughs> Yeah. I was just You said that out loud? No, I said it in my head. In your head. head. Okay. In my head. And my sons were sitting way on the other side, you know, too cool to sit next to mom kind of thing <laughs> off. They were, you know, just a respectable amount of slouch going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was so funny because he starts telling us these stories. He goes, now, wherever we go, these are the rules. He says, usually I don't say this, but I feel like I need to. He said, this stuff is getting out of hand. Um, a lady was slapped in the face last night. Another mm. man was punched in the stomach for whistling Dixie on the Union side, mm. being, you know, being rude. Um, another man was knocked down um, two groups ago, like that day. And, um, and it's all due to provoking. So there will be no provoking on this trip. Mm-hmm. And he looks at my son's. And then I look at how they must look like to another thing. Because they're cool, you know. ACDC t-shirts on. They got, you know, their boots and, you know, their jeans. Like I said, it's a respectable amount of slouch going on. And he looks over there, and I'm like, okay, that's it. I got to help this guy. So I said, you know, and we'll call him Dave. And I kind of waved my hand a little bit. Dave, they're with me. And I said, let me ease your mind here a little bit. I said, look, you were a soldier. Thank you for your service. I was a soldier too. We are here out of respect and honor. You know, I, I said I'm a history buff myself. We're basically coming here more for them, you know, than we are any kind of um, evidence or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. I said we're, you know, we're here to honor them and what they did, especially on 150th anniversary, which it was. Mm-hmm. He calmed down right then. He said, "Oh." And then he starts giving us more information about stuff. And I think, oh, okay, he's eased up a little bit. I yep. can feel his he looks. Then he gets up, he looks outside, and he goes, what do you know? It stopped raining. And I'm like, nice work, guys. <laughs> outside. Yeah. So takes the equipment, shows us how, you know, everything about it. And I take mine, and I grab the dousing rods because I had figured, okay, I want to try these because they might be more familiar with them. I've never even seen dousing rods before, and I so want to see them. I want to try them. You know, I get the best results. I, I can't tell you. I was gifted a pair from Keystone the last time I went to Gettysburg. It was just, it's kind of gotten to be a thing for me now. Yeah. They're, they're wonderful, especially if you're dealing with, you know, from a century ago. Because you go in, you got to think about it. Coming from a Native American background, 
a lot of people don't like their picture taken. I mean, back then they didn't like it. You no. know, they thought it's a piece of your soul. Nice. So, or, yeah. You know, it was kind of taking something personal from you. Mm -hmm. And if they did do it, they wanted to prepare and be their best, you know, um, when they did these things. So you, it, it, it's kind of just to go in there and start snapping pictures without permission is kind of, um, you think about it from their point of view is what I'm trying to do. Yep. So <clears throat> I take those out and the EMF meter, I give all the rest of my, my sons. I said, here, you know, knock yourself out. And we had talked about all this before. I said, look, you know, I never bring them on these things. They know about it. I've talked about it. But I had to make sure that they were protected because you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't realize. I don't know if you realize it, but I'm sure you'd be open to the idea that there are a lot of entities that feed on pain, mm -hmm. suffering, yep. agony. And these entities are drawn to battlefields and they don't want them to cross. They want them to continue to go through the pain because it's food, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I know that sounds just dry, but, you know, it's about one of the most horrible things I could think about. And, you know, I just had to make sure everybody was covered. So we did all our stuff before. So everybody goes out. And I kind of hung back a little bit and I gave my sons a thumbs up. and They knew what I was doing. So they went on. And I grabbed a hold of, uh, of Dave's arm there for hold on his little Confederate jacket. And I said, hey, Dave, I said, uh, I said, I know you've got like real strong feelings about this whole thing. And I know you have kind of a duty and a responsibility here. But I said, in any way possible, one soldier to another, I said, when we get out there, would you let me stand off by myself somewhere just for a, a few minutes? And he kind of looked down at me kind of grabbed his little gray beard there for a second he thought and he goes you know i think i would hmm. and i said cool you know and he said what are you gonna do you're gonna try to get some evps or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he said it and i said no dave i'm gonna cross him hmm. and, and his face just went you know kind of like got a little light to it and i said it's time man 150 years yeah I said, leave no man behind, right? And he said, right. Hmm. So he, there we go. And we go out there, you know, walking through this field, and everybody's going off in the little spots, and I'm kind of taking my time. And now I'm using the EMF meter just to kind of get a confirmation of what I'm already feeling, the lights. Mm -hmm. And lights light up all the way. I mean, all the way into the red, just full arc. And I'm like, okay, I'm zeroing in, I'm zeroing in. It's this tree huge tree huge tree and i mean big like three maybe four adults would have a hard time holding hands around this tree this wow big, this big and i walk closer to the tree <clears throat> and i drop the meth meter and i put my hands on it and i'm like oh man and i could i could just almost oh gross anybody out here or anything but i could almost feel the amount of blood the roots soaked up you know, I mean, it's in this tree, mm -hmm. the whole tree. And then I look up, and they're sitting in the tree. So, I mean, I could feel them they're all around. But I, I knew there was some sitting in the tree. I could feel the agitation. I could feel them looking down at me. And I turned around and went, Dave, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this tree. And he, and he goes into, you know, guide mode. Yeah, this Man, that's a witness tree. That tree was here. It stood in this battle, and he's going on his little roll. And I went, Dave, 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 Dave. <laughs> I know. Get off the script. They're sitting, <laughs> they're sitting in it, and I point up, 
and he goes, oh, and then he remembered what I was doing and he looked down and I, and I put my hands and he put his hand on the tree next to mine and I said, go. Did he see and them? he kind of his head. He did. I don't know. I never asked him. I don't, I think he would have told me if he did, but he felt the tree mm-hmm. and he looked up and he looked down at me and he shook his head like he was clicked in. He knew, man, he was right on it, man. I just, I love this man for this. And then he took everybody else like further off. And my sons kind of hung off a little bit. They were maybe 15 feet away from me. They just, you know, whatever you do, don't take any pictures and don't be, don't ask anything impertinent, you know? Yeah. But they knew what was going down. So right away I got into it. Now I'll move quickly through the the talk because it's important for your listeners to hear. But basically once I set down that EMF meter, I put it at my feet because you have to hold dousing rods with one in each hand. Mm -hmm. And they're like an L shape and a wire, heavy wire, like almost like a grounding wire, mine were copper. And I held those things so tight. They're on a little spin each one has on a little spinner thing. And I mean, I was so afraid that I was going to be shaken or excited. I wasn't scared. It was like adrenaline was pumping. I had my elbows almost pressed into my ribs. I just wanted to be very still and let all the moving be them. And I had said, is there anyone here who is willing to speak to me? My name is Cisco. And I said, I, I'm here to communicate with you if, it, if, if in any way possible. Is there anyone here that's willing to speak to me? And the EMF meter at my feet went all the way up and down. And then the dousing rods made an X and came apart. And I'm like, whoa. whoa. I mean, I promise you, this is exactly how it went down. And really, the first thing I thought is like, they've been doing this every hour on the hour, seven days a week. They're familiar with this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that's what it was. That was the first thought. So I said, okay, that's awesome. Uh, (laughs) I'm thinking, okay, they don't know what awesome is. (laughs) Very much. I appreciate it. I said, it seems like you know, you know, how this is working. I said, uh, I will take, is the dousing rods crossing a yes for you? If so, do it again. They crossed and then uncrossed. I'm like, wow. Hmm. And I started speaking, and I introduced myself. Um, within them, there, I told them I, I was a soldier. I said, I'm sorry, I don't appear to, to be one. But then I kind of clicked into the fact that you've probably heard many rumors that women were dressing as soldiers to fight along uh, brothers and uh, uh, sweethearts and husbands throughout <clears throat> you know, the war you fought. I mean, I was very careful in how I spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even apologize, you know, for wearing pants. I was just going to say you were wearing pants too. Yeah. Yeah. That was the big thing. You know, I know that sounds silly, but you want them to understand that you're genuine here. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not trying to pull any punches. No disrespect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm here to honor you. And, uh, and basically like I'm talking to them like a soldier too. I'm using a little bit of older jargon and things like that, but I'm telling them, um, please read my intent. If you can read, if you have the energy to move these objects, you have the energy to look within me and pull out that I'm, what I'm telling you is truthful. I said, so read my intent and know that I'm telling you the truth. I said that if I said it once, I said it a dozen times. Mm. Now, at this point in time, 
throughout the beginning, I could feel one standing in front of me and then another come up and then two more come up and then another one come up. And by the time I finished to where I could actually feel energy added in, I had seven and the seventh one was kind of marching behind the figure eight, all erratic and his energy. And I could actually hear this one in and out was like, what are you doing talking about? They come in, they go, they say these things, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. You know, and I'm hearing this and I'm trying to block it and just talk to the ones that are answering me in front of me. Now, every time I asked a question and the answer was yes, the MF reader would go up, back down, and then the dousing rods would cross and uncross, just like that, every time, hand to God. And I'm working through this. Um, you sometimes notice that things might seem different, because I'm assuming if our veil thins and we can sometimes see them, perhaps the other way works well, the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you notice that people speak differently or maybe look differently or your surroundings? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to work into, but I'm trying to be as comfortable as possible and as respectful as possible and go, Hey, does everybody here know you're dead? You can't just do that. You know? Yeah. It sounds funny, but can you imagine some people that some don't? Yeah. I said, uh, I can understand why this area uh, would be a comfort to you because the tree stayed the same. The wood line seems to stay the same, but you know, people are coming in and they're sounding different. Got another yes. And I go, okay, now they're getting a little calmer. The erratic guy in the back is still kind of doing his figure eight, but he's calmed down a little bit. And I had asked at one point in time and I said, can I speak to the highest ranking uh, soldier here so we can, you know, move a little faster and a little further because I had no idea how much time I had and I could feel the energy in front of me change and then we started getting into the nitty gritty um I started asking them um I know what you did here uh was duty I know that you were doing your best to survive I know uh the fighting and you may feel that you are not uh worthy to move on that you are not you know because we had kind of moved through the fact that it's been a little while you know i actually got to the point where i said it's been you've been here for over 100 years we moved through this was about a 45 minute talk and everything just kind of and and it, it, it was funny because the guy in front of me or not funny it was odd the guy in front of me kind of like gave me the feeling like i had a feeling you know, like something was, a, I mean, it, it, they were accepting to this information as long as it was given to them slowly and gently. Mm-hmm. They were, they were accepting this. Um, I tried to get some stuff. I promised them I wouldn't uh, waste their energy. I didn't know how much energy they had. So I didn't want to ask, you know, stuff I didn't need to know. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, then he said, uh, I said to them, uh, <clears throat> I can imagine... I was thinking religion, what was the religion back then? I was pretty black and white, Protestant, Baptist, you know, there was yeah. some Catholic and some Jew. But, you know, they felt like they had done bad things, you know. And one of them at one point in time very clearly came through. It's like, I, I've seen hell. I don't want any more of that. This is, uh, I know what this is. So I'm like, okay, now we're at that point. And I said, I got this part. So I start looking at him and I go, okay, 
everybody here, uh, you had loved ones. Anybody have children, a wife, a sweetheart, brother, mother, father? We went through the whole thing. I wanted to name everything they could possibly have, mm-hmm. you know, family. Um, and he's, I said, I need you to think about them. Because if you're searching for them, I know where you can find them. Read my intent to know that it is true. At that point in time, the figure eight man stopped and he stopped in front of me. And I heard him as clear as I can hear you. Who could love me? Who Uh, could love me? Yeah. Now I've turned my attention to him. And when I got, he said that, I got full on that he was an orphan, never had a family. But I could see it as clearly as I can't explain it. (laughs) And I said, listen, my brother. I said, have you ever fought next to a man you felt like was your brother, your best friend? Have you ever had a pet? Have you ever had a dog? That's love. I need everybody to think about that love. Now, how do you remind somebody who's been dead for 150 years what love feels like? Mm -hmm. That's what I was trying to do. So I said, remember what it felt like to hug them when you first saw them and that feeling that came over you. Now I'm feeling everything lift. And during this time, David come in and put a little pen flashlight at my feet at one point in time in this and was standing next to me. And most time my eyes were closed, but I'd open them to see the answers and the little flashlight without being prompted. Every yes, EMF went up and down. The flashlight went on and off and the dousing rods crossed and uncrossed. Hmm. And I remember looking up at Dave and Dave's got tears. When I got to the love part, mm-hmm. his tears were rolling on his face. Scared the heck out of me because all of a sudden there's this man standing next to me. <laughs> but it was very, very touching. And I'm trying to get everybody connected into that love and remember what love felt like. And at that point in time, I called in my people. I called in, I said, all my guides, all of my angels, all their guides, all their angels, all their loved ones. I said, I need everybody to come and get them, come hmm. and get them, come and get them. And I just said it like four times. And you could feel this warmth. I got goosebumps thinking about it now. I could feel this warmth. And I could feel this, like, I can't explain it. It, was, it wasn't it was a vacuum, but it was a definite pulling, changing of energy. I, I can't really explain it. It was almost like a wind, but not a wind. Mm-hmm. And I'm still standing there, and I could feel it lift. And I could feel they were going. I could feel they were going. And I'm just saying my prayers, and I'm saying, you know, I'm like, eight different spiritualities and religions. I'm throwing everything I can think of out there in my head and in my heart. And I'm just feeling this pull. I can feel this lift. And then I felt one that was still there. And I opened my eyes and I was almost getting ready to say, go with them, honey. It was the same uh, officer mm-hmm. I've been talking. He was still there. And I almost said, go with them, hun. And all of a sudden, the dousing rods were really slow start to cross. And I really first thought in my head that it was some kind of reaction to that pull, like a bounce back, mm-hmm. because that's how strong that pull was. And they kept crossing, kept crossing, and now they keep coming, and they keep coming, and all the way up to my arms and gently squeezed. And I got a hug <laughs> on the battlefield in Gettysburg on Halloween night from the ghost. And then he was gone. 
and they just and that dos- dousing rods just let go. Oh, I got and goosebumps. <laughs> there has never, I will never top that. That was absolutely wow. what I had been brought there for. And like I said, half the things I was saying, I have no idea where they came from. I was definitely getting help. Mm-hmm. I think everything was just ripe at that time. They were ready. Now, I actually, and I don't say this often because it just sounds so strange. I mean, after all that, what could be strange? <laughs> but I distinctly heard a click, bunk, click, 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 bunk kind of sound. As I'm feeling this energy lift, I'm like, what is that? And I can't give you any other explanation, but I remember watching a movie after, about a year after, and it just hit me. And I remember when I was in basic training and we used to put our weapons together. I think they left their weapons behind when they crossed it. Wow. I really do. That's just a guess. I mean, but it was just like it was almost shown to me when I saw that. You know, like you'll see something to remind you of something, a sound? Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I remember sound that rifles had. Now, if, if, if they were fighting in that, in that battle... Uh, a lot of times they were they were fighting with whatever they get their hands on, so that would explain why not all of it sounded like rifles. They dropped the shovel, they dropped the whatever they were fighting, rake, whatever their stick. Mm-hmm. But it sounded to me like they were leading. They finally let them go because before they would go, I had to, as a soldier, I said, I can I can relieve you. You are properly relieved of duty, mm-hmm. and that's when they start to go. So there you go. There you go. Wow, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think, I just, I, I really don't have any words to describe. I think that's what I was brought there to do. A lot more things happened that weekend, but uh, that was the one. And, you know, a couple cute things happened after that. We're walking <clears> away. <throat> Joe's crying. I mean, he's a six foot four Confederate uniform. I mean, this guy was all jaded when he met, when he met me. Now he's crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's walking, he's hung, hang, hanging back, walking with me now. Yeah. I thought it was cool. And we're walking back and everybody's getting, making sure everybody's getting across the street right and everything. Mm. And we're late. We're so late. He let us stay late. The next group's there waiting and they're a little pissy and I don't care. <laughs> so Joe looks down at me and he, he's, now he taps my arm and he says, uh, he says, you know, you should be doing this. You don't need me to do this. You should do this a lot more. That was amazing. He said, I felt them leave. I said, Joe, I know, man. Isn't that awesome? You wow. know? And, and he was just like, he, he, but he had this kind of new animation to his face, see? And when we got there, you know, we're handing everything back. And I still had the dousing rods. I had given it through the EMF meter, the flashlight, and everything in the bag, you know? I said, your flashlight's in the bag. And I handed him the dousing rods. And I took his hand, and I gave him a big old bear hug. And I whispered in his ear, I said, Joe, you don't need me to do this. You can do this, too. And I said, bye. And away. Yeah. Maybe he's out there. You know, you don't know. I mean, it's amazing this paranormal world of, you know, one life touching another, touching another, touching another. That's really all it is. Like we said, energy everybody learning a little something from somebody else. Um, you know, just, I just go at it a little bit more compassionately 
if you know what I mean. I have no business being there if it's going to be. I think it's very, very cool, and I'm very excited about stuff when people get EVPs and and you know video or the the laser grid thing and, mm-hmm. the, and the boxes. They they fascinate me. But see, I I can't use them because I don't know how they work. I can't explain it in my own head, and I can't decipher what I'm feeling to match. Do you see what I mean? I just, but I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I just understand it so much. Dowsing rods, pretty much get it. You know, EMF meter sitting on the ground is not going to go up and down on command in time in response because of some wires underneath or because somebody's running a drone above it or something. Agreed. It's just not yeah. Happen. You know, especially in unison with dowsing rods crisscrossing and opening. I just basically need that to confirm that the feelings I'm getting, I'm standing in the middle of a battlefield. Do you have any idea how many dead people were hanging around? Oh, how so many. And there were so many around us that were not having any part of it. The only ones I got were the ones that were ready to listen. Mm-hmm. And were the ones I think I was sent there to talk to or yeah. speak or, or talk to, whatever. So that was just awesome. About three days later, this is so odd because I really wasn't even, I was kind of coming off of it and wasn't really thinking about it so much anymore. Um, I don't know if you believe in visitation dreams or a little bit. Different. Oh, yes. Yep. They're a little crisper. Mm-hmm. Little, you can kind of smell. You can almost taste. Colors are more vibrant. Um, I've had several uh, that I can remember that really stick out. But this one, um, basically, you look like I'm deboarding a plane. I can actually see the panels. You know, like if you've ever deboarded a plane and you've got the panels, you know, of the, of the tube you're walking down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I just got... And I'm just, you know, tripping a little bit. And I'm walking down the thing. And I'm like, I just got off a trip I wonder where I was I mean I'm just kind of having fun all by myself Mm. and I turned the corner and it was I want to say it was bright light it was definitely bright light but it was more of a fog and then a bright light behind it because the people that were standing there it was so much light behind them I couldn't see them I could see the shape if that makes sense makes sense it was a couple and when I looked toward them, I felt this overwhelming feeling of love and welcoming and just home, you know, like apple pie and hugs. Mm-hmm. It was just so. And I kind of felt like I knew them, but I couldn't see them. It just felt right. Now there's a couple people standing to the left and they're in a small group and they're in color. I can see them, which is wild. And the first thing that pops through my head, and I have no idea why, was the uh, the book, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. If nobody's ever read that, go read it. Go watch the movie. The movie was a real good uh, interpretation of the book. I highly recommend it. It's very cool. This pops into my head. The premise of the book is the person dies and he meets people in heaven that he had no idea he made an impact on. You would think that you made an impact on your child or a, a cousin or you know somebody he worked with mm-hmm. but these were people that he briefly met in life that had he had an impact on that had an impact on him and he didn't realize what it was that's the movie hmm. that's the book. cool book this is what pops in my head and i'm like really i'm literally saying this to myself in yeah the i kind of walk up to this one guy and i'm just like real welcoming you know me i'm just like hey how you doing you know and I walk up and I stick my hand out and I lean out toward this guy and I go to shake his hand and I'm like, do I know you, honey? 
because I'm I'm not getting I'm getting a familiarity, but I don't have a clue who he is. Not a family member. And he shake he reaches out, shakes my hand. Now he's standing there. What he is wearing is this. He's wearing what looks very much like a handmade Amishi kind of shirt. Mm-hmm. He's wearing overhauls with one band down or broken, whatever. But one side of the overhauls is up. Very worn, very, very warm pair of light blue overhauls. Jeez. He's got, when I started coming down the tube thing, whatever you call it, he was wearing a hat, but as I came down, he took the hat off and then he put it on his chest and was kind of holding it on his chest. A gesture I've always appreciated, you know, as, as an honor thing. Yep. I've done, I've done it myself many times in uniform. And that's when I reached out and he, he grabbed my hand with the other hand and he shook it. And when I said, do I know you? He pulled me really close. And I promise you, the man smelled like fresh corn. Mm. And I mean, like walking through a cornfield and snapping a stalk of yeah. kind of green corn. Mm-hmm. Corn. Corn, for Pete's sake. And he whispers in my ear, I met you in the field. Hmm. Well, I met you in the field. Southern. This is one of the young boys we crossed. Hmm. Because we were in the field. Yeah. And most of the ones that were in there were, um, they were at the point where they didn't have uniforms and things like that. They wore what they wanted to, you know, what they had. Mm -hmm. And that's the feeling I got. And then I woke up. So, wow. Wow, indeed. I can't, I can't, I can't explain to me enough. That's amazing. It, but it feels it feels right. So it, you know, in this in this thing, if I never do anything else, but once you've done something like that, you can't really. Um, that's my thing, you know. I mean, James from KSPS calls me the ghost negotiator. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, because Whisperer was taken. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like. Um, it's truly, truly like uh, therapy in a way. And my God, Kat, you know, if it was me or if it was one of my sons or somebody I cared about, wouldn't you want somebody to help you? You know, who Definitely. Yeah. You know, the only thing, I don't know how much time we've got, but I've got like so many stories. And I just wanted to tell you this one because we were talking about Drew. Do we have a few minutes? We're just about at the end. Yeah. Okay. A friend of mine who gets dreams very much like that, but his are premonition, usually of disasters he can't do anything about. It's very unnerving. Um, but he always tries, you know, like a construction accident. He'll have this dream, and he'll start looking through – he'll start trying to figure out where it was to try to warn somebody. And he yeah. always seems to be like a day late. So he gets these dreams, and he'll call me. They're very prolific, and they're very horrifying. And he'll call me and go, Cisco, you got to talk me down off of this one. And I say, mm. you know, we'll talk. So he has this other one. He goes, oh, man, I had a dream. And I said, okay. And I think it's going to be one of these. He goes, no, this is different. This is a guy, and if you've ever seen uh, American Werewolf from London. Oh, yes. The guy been yep. towards him. And every time he showed up, he was a little bit more decayed, a little bit more broken mm-hmm. down, right? Yep. That's what was happening to him. So I've had it four times now. And he, it just, he describes this barren kind of land, more like an Alabama red clay, kind of dusty field. It was a desert. It was like there was 
some other ruins in the back, like an old school that had burned right down to the tower that was there. It was probably a uh, chimney, uh, a motorcycle half buried in the dirt. And this guy was obviously a motorcycle rider. And he kept saying that he, he wanted his family to know where he had died and that he was dead and didn't know how to tell him. He keeps visiting him in this dream. Mm-hmm. And like, whoa, man. So we go about a lot of different things like we normally do. We Google it. I'm like, oh, what color was the bike? Let's try to trace that. I mean, we had it. He had a lot of detail on the bike. We spent a lot of time, probably three days, Googling, uh, trying to find this make a bike. Maybe we can find a guy that was missing on a bike. You know, try to try to pinpoint where he was because Steve kept having the feeling that he wanted his body to be found. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were trying to do. So like it was getting crazy and all of a sudden i said well steve give me a little bit of time to meditate on this let me see if i can get some answers maybe we're in the wrong direction and i reached out to my guides or whoever it is you talk to and go look guys i need help and right then i get a messenger message from a friend of mine says hey you know did you know your friends are having a psychic fair saturday you want to go with me i like to go over there and you know trip out see everybody and you know say hi and i'm like yeah i'm not doing nothing saturday i'll go and it just happened to be the next day. So I'm not really even thinking about it. And when we get there, I'm like, okay, I get this total feeling. I'm not there for me. And I went, ah, why didn't I think about this? I said, I'll go into one of my friends. Don't even know Steve. Uh, lots of wonderful mediums, lots of psychics, lots of different, you know. And I just went up to the lady on the desk and said, here's my 20 bucks. Put me, put me with the person you feel like I'm the, I should be with. Mm-hmm puts me with this one lady and I knew her and I sat down and she looks at me she goes Cisco baby how you doing and I said I'm doing great how you doing and she goes you're getting a reading she goes that's odd and I said well not really she goes don't say anything <laughs> I said okay <laughs> and she looks at me because she goes you're not here for you you're here for somebody else I said mm, bingo yep and she said and I said I got his permission <clears throat> for you to energy and she said that's cool that's cool she goes yep i'm getting it okay and she closes her eyes puts her head down she looks back up at me just first things first you got to stop looking for the motorcycle it's not about the motorcycle and i went whoa. whoa she knew she knew now it took fast up the story for you what it did was it took me it took that my friend that woman and it took Steve in a totally different state and one other person that was a uh, kind of a, um, oh, what do you want to call it, remote viewer, mm-hmm. to all throw in energy to Steve right before he went to sleep. And Steve had to ask his guides for help as well and call that guy in to try to turn him around because he wouldn't look at her and he wouldn't look at me. He would only talk to Steve. And we had to decipher the fact that, no, he didn't want his body found. He didn't want to cross because he didn't want to face his mother because of things he had done. Oh. Had to call his mother to come and get him and tell him that it was all right. Everything was forgiven. And yeah. Steve watched him walk off into the light. Now, you tell me that's not cool. Wow. That's <laughs> I mean, just when you think you've heard everything about this. <laughs> I know. Then you throw that at me. How, That's you know, a, I don't want to cuss, but how bad <laughs> Eddie is that, you know? Yeah. Three people coming together that don't know this man from Adam 
and just people helping yep. another person to cross over. I mean, that guy, how long would he have been out there, Kat? Forever. In his own thing, you know? And I'm the one who said, just, I'm done with this. Call his mother. Yeah. And and my friend, she goes, man, that's a good idea. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So, yeah. You know, um, I don't know how people could walk by somebody sucking a hole and go, okay, look, if you give me $50, I'll help you out. Or or better yet, knock on the wall three times and then let me record it. And I'll go show all my friends and maybe yeah. I'll come back. You know, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to either jump in a hole or I'm going to lean down and go, here's my hand, man. I know the way out. Makes me wonder if that's why a lot of these um, experiences are negative for some people. It's not the demons. It's just they're fed up. They want they want help, and people just aren't helping. Well, yeah. In a lot of cases, I mean, I really think that my first... Um, I think you're going to have to have me back on, Kat, because i got stories. Definitely. <laughs> nobody else does, but I'm just like, oh, this is a good one. I should have told you this. <laughs> My my first experience was with the Angry Ghost. Yep. He was a Revolutionary War soldier. And everybody kept seeing him in different forms of materialization throughout the house and grounds. And he always appeared to be extremely angry. When I saw him as even a young kid, I knew he was angry, but I knew he wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I knew he was just upset and, sca- and scared. I could feel it, you know. And I... We moved before, before anybody could help that guy, and now the place is torn down. And I don't know where he went. I don't know if he's still on those grounds. I've had people try to find him, you know, like remotely and mm-hmm. things like that. I always feel like I left the man behind. But because of him, I think I've been searching ever since. And maybe that's why I'm so inclined to try to help as much as I could, you know. I, I really think that that's where it all stems from. I I agree. Mm-hmm. They're so misunderstood a lot, you know. Now, there's some real sons of guns out there. There's no doubt. Yeah. You, you know, you've got all kinds of different people. But how many different people do you know and how many different personalities do they have? Oh, so many. So, and if they are people and they're agitated or confused or upset or stuck in their death state or not knowing what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, I'll tell you what, I'd be throwing some stuff and pulling some things. Yep, same. You know, I'm here. You know, how do I get you to, you know, so there's so many aspects to this and there's so many, oh gosh, you know, and we're just talking about human ghosts here. You yeah. start adding all the, all the other, you know, bright and shiny things out there <laughs> and then start adding dimensions and aliens to it. Ooh, boy, oh, jeez. You know, those would so be st- those would be stories for another time. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I, you know, I, I I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh wow! Yes. So before we end it, why don't you tell us uh, where we can find your show, where we can find you? Okay, sure. Um, okay. Well, I'll I'll make this announcement on sure. your show. Yep. First of all, my sometimes co-host and good paranormal buddy, Steve Stockton, mm-hmm. has an offer um, for your listeners. Um, it, I, is this going to be out for Halloween, you think? It's going to be out this Sunday, actually, so it's going to be out just before Halloween. Okay. So on the 30th to the 31st, mm-hmm. all his books on Kindle will be th- be absolutely 100% free for your listeners. Nice. 
uh, for 24 hours. So go in there and get those books. That's Steve Stockton. That's Strange Things in the Woods. It's uh, More Strange Things in the Woods. A lot of, you know, just old backwood legend and stories and, um, you know, people missing and all different things happening from mm-hmm. flying pianos to all kinds of cryptids and all stuff. And then uh, My Strange Life. All those will be free for, for 24 hours. So that's a gift from Steve. Nice. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, he's really cool. Um, the second announcement is Steve and I have written a book. Together. I heard. We are all children uh, in the wilderness of the afterlife, a guided tour through a haunted life. And basically it's my stories and then Steve comes in after. So you get all his little quips and all his little jokes and all his little anecdotes and things and experiences that he might have that match to it. So it's a little bit different. It's kind of cool the way we did it. Um, I'm really proud of it. It's, I think it's going to be a decent read, and that will be available on Kindle um, uh, Halloween. It should oh. be out by Halloween. We're nice. looking to launch. He's got his finger on the launch button. <laughs> dedication pages and stuff right now, so that's there. Um, now, right now, it's just going to be electronic, and we're going to go ahead and get it paper published and do things like that, but mm-hmm. right now, we wanted to get out for Halloween. Then you can find uh, me on Journey Through the Gate, Paranormal Portal Podcast. That's on Libsyn. It's on iTunes. It's on Cashbox. It's on, you know, we're all good podcasts go to, you know, to party. Mm-hmm. You find us on all of those. Um, and you can also, if you've got your own stories or you want to be a guest or you have guest suggestions, you get journeythroughthegate at gmail.com. And also, both of my shops, I'm a wire artisan. And I also do some hippie, gypsy, bohemian dream catchers and some pretty, pretty nice uh, things there. That's the Bohemian Feather will be the Facebook shop and Wickedly Wired Wearable Art also Facebook shop. So, yeah, beautiful pieces of jewelry that I've seen on Facebook. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I do the best quality <clears throat> of materials. I buy them. Actually, I buy my wire from Canada. Oh, Nice. Yeah, a little couple lives out in the mountains out there somewhere. I've been getting them from them for about 10 years. It's, it's really huh. quality stuff. Yeah. And a, a metaphysical property on all the gemstones and stuff is something I've always been really interested in. Just really nice crystals and sun catchers. You name it. You hmm. know, it's all, all kind of stuff. Custom orders are accepted. So there you go. It's not hard to find me. We also have our great group page on uh, Journey Through the Gate, Paranormal Portal, Gatekeepers. So come on in there and give us your stories and chit-chat and pictures and jokes and comics and stuff. We have a great time over there. So it's not hard to find me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much again, Cisco. Thank you, darling. I really, really enjoyed this. And I'm definitely going to have to have you on again because, yes, you still have so many stories. It's been a, it's, it's been an interesting uh, couple of years, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 45 years, you know, uh, it, it, it's just, it, it's, it's phenomenal. And to sit here and say, you know, what have you learned? You know, I, if you ask me what I've learned, like I ask my guests, you know, what have you learned uh, from the dead about living? Mm-hmm. It's just live, live it, live it. Stop regretting, stop, you know, it's the little things that count. Yeah. Tell people you love, you love them. Don't take a minute for granted and just be cool to one another, man. Great, great, you know? great words. There you go. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. You be safe. All right. Blessings, baby. Love ya. Love you too. Baby. Bye. 
Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions or comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants.